You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 89. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week, we'll be using the fun new song by Jordan Feliz titled The River to jump into scripture. As always, there are so many directions we can go. I mean, you can go to John 7, where it mentions rivers of living water flowing from within believers. And by the way, that was the uh, inspiration that Jordan Feliz used to write the song, which I found out when I read the story behind the song after I, I wrote today's podcast. So anyway, John 7 or F- Psalm 46 speaks of a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And Revelation 22 talks about a river of water of life flowing from the throne of God. And all of these are great places to start exploring in scripture. But after listening to the song on repeat, I chose a story out of Acts 16. But first, let's listen. We're going down I thought of Acts 16 because Paul and his companions went down to the river to pray. See how I did that? Okay, so it says in verse 13, On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. Now, before we go further, I want to explain a little bit of the background that might not be immediately obvious to you as you read Acts 16 for yourself. So the city mentioned here is Philippi, and it is a major metropolitan Roman city. And I know that because if I just jump a verse ahead in verse 12, it says, From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. So even the context of the scripture tells us that it was a major city. But in in some of my research, I found that um, just think like a mini Rome, you know, and so it was a big city, a metropolitan area not a village or a town, okay? So uh, again, just mini Rome is, is the idea there. It has obviously little Jewish presence. And I say this because if you read in um, all of the accounts of Acts, when Paul goes from town to town or city to city, you're going to notice that it's his practice to seek out the synagogue in a city and begin engaging people there in discussion about scripture and then ultimately share with them the gospel message that says that Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the Messiah. And in this case, there didn't seem to be a Jewish synagogue. So they decided to head down to the river where they knew they might find people gathered together in prayer. 
Now, the fact that it was a group of women that they came upon was another indicator that there just weren't enough Jewish men or Jewish males in the area to demand a Jewish synagogue. And so, again, it's a, it's a metropolitan area with very little Jewish influence, not even a synagogue in town. So let's keep reading. Uh, verses 14 and 15. One of them, meaning one of the women that they were speaking to, was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. I've been reading and rereading this section of scripture all week. I've been praying and pondering and it really jumped out at me that Paul is obviously an evangelist. So he um, specializes in telling those who don't know about Jesus all about him and leading them to faith in Christ. But he's also a discipler. So he um, builds up those that have accepted Christ and, and, and encourages them in their new faith. And what better place than church to talk about Jesus? And another thing that Paul knows is just because you're gathered in prayer doesn't mean you have a saving faith in Christ. And I've often said this, that just because you go to church doesn't mean you're saved. Just like living in a garage doesn't make you a car. So it is very much my heart's desire that every one of my listeners will, like Lydia here in our story, have an open heart to the truth of God's word and accept what it says openly proclaim that salvation through baptism and share it with those closest to you. You see, you can listen to podcasts and you can go to church and gather with others in prayer. But if you have never accepted and surrendered your life to Jesus, you won't be changed and you won't spend eternity with your Savior. And trust me, the surrender is not the end. It is just the beginning of a wild ride. I've seen it move. about the impact of that conversation with Lydia. Here's what I know. I know the conversation never happens if Paul and his companions don't go down to the river to pray. Here's another thing I know. The conversation never happens if Lydia doesn't go down to the river to pray. So what are your practices? Are you active in a church? Are you making it a practice to gather with other believers? Are you active in smaller groups where there can be discussion and interaction? Our, our pastor has been preaching a series called Guardrails. And guardrails are the personal boundaries that we can place in our lives to keep us from the danger zone, just like guardrails act on a roadway. So in our small group the other day, my husband and I considered this, that one of the, the biggest guardrails in our life together is that it has never been a discussion 
as to whether or not we were going to go to church. We never had to decide on a Sunday if that's what we were going to do on that day. And really, we really couldn't have put that into words until our pastor described that as a guardrail in his life as well. But our decision to do this has actually protected us from the danger zone. So let's consider Lydia. She is from Thyatira, which makes her ethnically Asian. And Thyatira and Philippi are both major metropolitan areas. So she's from a big city and she has another house in another big city kind of implies that she's wealthy. I heard an author or read an author recently that said, think a house in LA and a house in Paris. Okay, she's also a businesswoman. Scripture says that she is a merchant of expensive cloth, obviously not a blue collar trade to be sure. So this is this this woman is could be considered like a fashionista, um, a wealthy businesswoman who has made it her practice to go down to the river to pray on the Sabbath. Now, Scripture said she worshipped God, which means that in that culture, she set aside all of the other idols. There are many, many gods worshipped in the culture in which she lived. And so to bring it into our culture, she decided that clubbing was not the way she was going to go. She decided that that goddess of success and fame, not what she was going to worship. She decided there was one God that deserved her praise. So let's continue to think about this as it relates to our culture. All we have to do is watch television to see what kinds of things our culture elevates. Okay, if you just watch the scripted dramas on TV or even some of the quote unquote reality shows, you can see that the majority of our leading ladies are not leading prayer services by the river, if you know what I mean. These fashion queens, if there's a there's if there's a, a character like Lydia, if we had Lydia as a character, she would have servants who had servants, okay? Seeing and being seen at the top of the list. Uh, a complete uh, moral or disregard to moral standards. Plague their love life. Plague their relationships. Plague their friendships. Their friends often only care about what's in it for them. Uh, they enjoy the effects of wealth and popularity, riding on the skirt tails of this fashion queen, Addiction is often a major character in their stories as well. But Lydia has set aside all of this to worship God. She is developing relationship in a small group and her heart is open. So our guardrail of always staying connected in the church, it's sometimes easy and sometimes not. It have to be real. But it's kept us on a path that we know will lead where God would want us to go. So let's consider for a moment if our guardrail of, of, of connecting with other believers on a regular basis by going to church and being active in small groups, if this personal boundaries of, our, of ours, again, to walk with fellow believers, imagine that that is gone. So at that point, then we just go to church when we feel like it. So maybe we hear 25 messages out of 52 a year. Uh, we don't go often enough to be recognized to connect with others so that when we do go, we feel awkward, like we're strangers visiting instead of members contributing. When we do meet up with fellow believers uh, during the week, fellow churchgoers, that, that thing that we have in common, we can't talk about because we didn't hear last, week, last week's message. You know, uh, maybe we were at the camp or I'm from, I'm from Idaho, so we would go to the cabin for the weekend. Um, and so we missed out on that. 
picking up our Bible to read it for ourselves is not going to be a natural outflow because we're not taking in that that scripture on the inflow. What we're listening to on a regular basis is not inspiring us to go seek out what God's word has to say. So what happens is at first it seems like a good idea. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe God, so I need I need to read my Bible. Then it kind of is awkward because I don't really understand what it means and I never have a chance to unpack it or talk about it with other people. And then something in us says, oh, that's just legalistic to require myself to be in God's word every day. Uh, and so then it just sits on the shelf and starts gathering dust. So I get it. I'm not a wealthy fashionista. So the club, fashion magazines, not my goal. So for me and my family, what would we do if we did not invest this time in gathering with other believers? Well, we might sleep more. We'd probably watch more television. We would probably accomplish more uh, projects around the house. Um, That doesn't seem very dangerous, right? Doesn't seem like a danger zone. But, But here's the problem. Here's what we would have missed. See, we sought the truth of scripture to develop a healthy marriage in our small group settings. We actually spent two years, the first Sunday of every month as a group of believers, we did uh, about four different studies on marriage, on what the, the scripture has to say about marriage. Talk about an eternal investment in our marriage. And we did that because we came together as a group and that's what we decided to do together as a group. So we had those awkward conversations that maybe never would have come up until we would have had a problem. How many things did my husband and I talk about and discuss before it ever even came around as an issue because it was we talked about it as a smaller group? We would have missed out on solid teaching on how to be a better parent because We were linking arm in arm with other believers who wanted to know what God's word had to say about being parents. So we read books together and we did Bible studies together and we talked about it in these smaller settings. There's not a lot of chance to hash it out on a Sunday morning sitting in a pew. That part's very important to gather together in a corporate worship setting, but it's those smaller groups where we were able to invest in and be invested in in a real personal way. And, And so we would have missed that. We would have missed opportunities to help other people in their distress. I can't tell you the number of times, you know, a Bible study ends. And the conversation on the way to the car is gives us a chance to invest in other people. Or my husband would come home late. I'm sorry, I was talking to one of the guys. He had some questions. And I felt like I really needed to invest in him and pray for him and encourage him. And vice versa, where we were able to be encouraged and invested in by our friends. We would have missed what God does through that body of Christ when we work together in unity to impact our communities. Sure, we can do a lot as individuals, but when we link arm in arm and try to make an impact in our community, we would have missed out on that because we would have been so infrequent, we probably would not have stepped into those service roles. So you see, we've committed over the years to these smaller groups of people. In our previous church, we had what's called Sunday school. And some of you are um, in denominations or churches that have that, that kind of format. The church that we attend now, we have what's called life group. And you might have small groups or some other iteration of that. But we meet and we talk about scripture and we talk about healthy life practices. And we encourage one another throughout the week through prayer and texting. And just through our candid conversations, we learn and we grow and we stay on the same path. But most of all, we invite others into our lives and we are allowed into theirs. 
You see this in Lydia's life too. You see, the scripture said she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. This is a very intimate request. Come and eat my food. Come and sit at my table and see me in the morning before I have my makeup on. Come hang out with me and my kids. Experience the good, the bad, and the ugly at our house. That is what it is like to do life together. So just as a recap, just in this short section of scripture, we can learn a lot from Lydia. You see, she made it her practice to gather with other believers in prayer and discussion. She had an open heart to the truth of God's word. You you know, the scripture said that she she worshiped God, but she'd obviously never been exposed to this idea of Jesus being the fulfillment of all she had learned. She was probably studying Old Testament scriptures, the law and the prophets. That's probably all she had access to until Paul and his companions come and chat with her about Jesus being the rest of the story. And her heart was open to that and she accepted it and then she acted on it by being baptized in the river. And um, her whole family came to saving knowledge of, of, of Jesus Christ. And so she had an open heart that created life change in her and in her entire household. And then she invited other believers to do life with her. She invited them into the intimate places of her life. She invited them to even live with her in her home. So that is what we can learn here from Lydia. That's what we can learn from going down to the river to pray. What is your practice? Make it your practice to gather with other believers. Have an open heart to the truth of God's word to affect change My prayer is if you need salvation, that you will accept it right now in this moment. And if you just need uh, life change and changing the way you think, let God's word do that. Have that open heart and then invite other believers to do life with you and be open to doing life with them. That might mean that you have to step out, that you host the Bible study, that you invite other others over for dinner and discussion about Jesus, but do life with other people. So what's next? Well, I want you to read all of Acts 16, and then I want you to go and read Philippians. Why? Well, because everyone you meet in Acts chapter 16 are basically those the founding members of the church at Philippi, and that's who Paul is writing to when he writes the letter to the Philippians. It is going to completely change your perspective to read Philippians once you have studied the characters as they are revealed in Acts 16. And then while you're in God's word this week, I'd love to know how you're doing. Go ahead and email me directly, michelle at michellekneezat.com. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook as well, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Carolyn from Florida, Diana and Thomas from Washington, Sherry from Illinois, and Mona from Louisiana. They are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit to subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you'll get a memory verse resource. You can display that on your smartphone, your desktop, your tablet. You can print it out um, and place it wherever is convenient for you. You'll also get an email recap of the, the week's episode. And you'll get instant access to any of the other resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And it's all of that is just a way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com. 
to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes for it to automatically come into your um, smartphone, your iPhone, or uh, Stitcher Radio. If you have uh, another type of an Android phone or something like that, Stitcher Radio is where you can subscribe. And while you're there, could you please leave me a written review and a star rating? This really encourages me personally, but it also uh, helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Julie88345, who says, thank you for linking scripture to my favorite worship songs. I sing them now with a whole new depth and appreciation. Love it, Julie. That's my hope for you and for all of my listeners. And thank you for that kind review. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin to jump into scripture. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 89. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.